The Her Sports Hello and Show. welcome to the Her Sports Live Show. Our weekly series bringing you the latest YouTube in sports and news every and podcast from the world of women's sport. Today I'm joined by NASA Kennedy, a Her Sports journalist, to run through this week's headlines and later we're joined by Emma Duggan for a chat on all things Meath team and European week of sport. NASA, tell us a bit about the Women's Irish Open. So it's returned to Drumolan Castle. Yeah, so it returned um, after 10 years and Drumolan Castle hosted the event. Uh, Irish superstar Leona Maguire was the big name and she would have drawn a massive local crowd. Uh, she seemed to struggle on the opening holes, but every day she played well on the back nine. And on the final day, she was one shot short to make mm-hmm. the playoff. Um, the playoff was between Nicola Brock Estrup, Ursula Wickstrom and Czech Republic's Claris Spilkova, with Spilkova becoming eventual champion. It must be something for Clara to come back after the 10 years, so like that's the last time the tournament was held, and to come back and, and be the eventual winner. I know for Leona, like it was so close to um, get into that playoff, which she'd probably be disappointed with, but... Uh, she said like the Irish crowds and everything like it was great to play in front of her home crowd that and that's what a lot of the athletes were commenting as well is that it was a, a great tournament to be there the atmosphere is great uh, everybody seemed to enjoy it we caught up with the, a couple of the younger girls that had played in the pro-am and they said that the um getting to meet some of the athletes was really inspirational so it'll show like the impact that it'll have on you know, golf for, for young girls. And then we also caught up with the other end of things with the senior ladies and they were talking to us about how much like golf brings like community together as well. So uh, it seems like a really, really good event overall. We at Her Sport were delighted to be down there and, and meet everybody. Definitely, yeah. Um, but tell us a bit about Aideen Walsh. So she was in action as well. Yeah, so Aideen was in action as well. She narrowly missed uh, making the cutoff for the last two days of playing. So she's obviously an amateur golfer and a member of Drumoland, actually. So again, many fans traveled yeah, there to was come here. Yeah, yeah. She was like the local, the Hero. local girl. Yeah. Yeah, no, we met a lot of people that were definitely down looking for looking out for Aideen as well. Um, I'd say definitely helped being a member of Drumoland that they're definitely, all coming yeah. out to support yeah. her. But we had a huge, uh, a huge weekend of action as well with the with the rowing. So, um, the Irish team were in action at the Rowing World Championships. The first medal that uh, Team Ireland saw was with Katie O'Brien in the Paris single so a really good result for her something she'll be absolutely thrilled with like you could see the emotion in her face in the pictures and everything um, so it's great to see her as the as the world champion she is racing with her doubles partner Stephen in the in the double and something that they'll be really targeting is Paris um, they're definitely coming on leaps and bounds but um, it's like really something for Katie to just keep performing in that single as well and doing like getting such great results um, Margaret Kremen and Aoife Casey were in action in the lightweight double and they managed to come away with the bronze. I was talking to Margaret and she was saying like they quite like can't quite believe the result that they got. Um, it's been some journey for the, the lightweight panel um, you know, from the lead up to Tokyo to where they are now. You know, they were an outside shot of qualifying for the Tokyo Olympics and now they're contesting uh, at like at world level, bringing home a bronze. Um, it's been a little bit of um, mix and match. There's three athletes that are there contesting for the seat. So you have Margaret Kremen, you have Aoife Casey, and you have Lydia Heafy. So um, Lydia was competing in the single uh, in at the World Championships. Um, she finished in third in the B final, so she would have got ninth overall. Margaret and Lydia had got fourth at the European Championships, so that was a really good result. Uh, Aoife was in the single at that time so she had got a fourth in the lightweight skull as well so you can see there's like a lot of competition for the for the seats there in terms of the 
other medalists we had, Sunita Pushpuri and Zoe Hyde in the Open double. Um, a, a really, really good result for them. They managed to get an, another bronze medal. Uh, it was something that I think they said uh, it felt like gold. That's what Sunita was saying. It felt like a gold medal to them. So you have the experience of Sunita and then you have the youth of Zoe. Um, Zoe will definitely be learning a lot from Sunita as they're competing in the double. Um, so yeah, just really, really good results for Rowing Ireland. And Sunita has now made a switch to the double. So tell us a bit about that. Yeah, so Sunita has been competing for a long time in the in the single. Like she's been to the Olympics three times in the single. She has uh, two world championship titles and two European championship titles um, in the single. So she wasn't sure that she'd continue racing um, after competing in Tokyo. And she stayed involved in the squad. Uh, she's matched up with Zoe now. And they seem to be performing really, really well. Um, she has made the switch, but also another competitor, uh, Magdalena Lobnik, has made the switch from the single as well. So Ireland came third and uh, Austria, which is where Magdalena Lobnik is from, they came fourth. And it was interesting because like they were like pretty tight uh, coming through like the final 500 metres. And then Ireland like really pushed on in the last 150 to like secure that bronze. But it's interesting to see two athletes that have switched from the single schools into the double schools. Uh, Lobnik is racing with her sister as well. So like these two athletes will know each other really really well so it should make for a bit of a mix-up I'd say in the double as you see these two like superstars that are in the single switching into the double so um that'll be really good to to watch over yeah, the next while. something to watch anyway yeah and I suppose it'll be looking towards Paris and seeing what they can potentially do together um if it's something that they're going to continue but definitely it's a huge huge learning curve for for Zoe to be in with Sunita and getting that experience but in terms of the other crews that were racing we had the four of Afrikyo, Emer Lam, Emily Haggerty and Fiona Murta. they finished sixth in the A final and um, they had been competitive in the uh, semi-final but they they didn't get the result um in the final it's hard to say whether they'd be happy with that sixth place obviously coming off the back of a of an olympic bronze medal and um, things have mixed up since uh, since the Olympics, like people are, are not everyone's based in Quirk all the time. Um, it's the first time that crew have raced together this year. They've had uh, other athletes like like Tara Hanlon uh, in the four at different times during the season. So it's definitely a year that uh, the women's squad will be learning and trying out new things. And then the main focus will obviously be the Olympic Games um, as we work towards that in 2024. Um, in terms of Tara Hanlon and Natalie Long, they raced in the pair together. Uh, they came second in the B final and then Alison Virgin was also in the single and she came fifth in the C final. So overall, pretty good results. Like it's a, it's a really big squad at the moment and it shows that there's a lot of, a lot of potential in Irish rowing. Yeah, Irish rowing is definitely exciting. Yeah. To be looking at the moment. Um, looking then, I suppose, to the cricket. So in cricket, Ireland have now qualified for the T20 World Cup. Mm-hmm. Um, they just beat Zimbabwe in the semi-final of the qualification tournament to secure their place. So that's something else uh, to look out for. And in the Women's Super League then, Arsenal triumphed over Tottenham 4-0. And there was actually a record attendance at that as well of 47,367 in Emirates, um, which is the largest crowd ever in the Women's Super League. Um Vivian Medema scored twice, uh, Beth Mead scored and Raphael Sousa also scored and Irish captain Katie McCabe, um, she played super throughout. You can definitely see the kickback from the, the Euros as these competitions uh, and, and these matches sorry, are, are going ahead, like there's a lot of excitement and hopefully we see that continue over the next few years and also to uh, come across the across the waters to Ireland and we get more more people down watching the game because um it's it was definitely like a, a really positive thing um that we saw the Euros coming out of out of England. In terms of Australian football, uh, we had some of the Irish stars in action. So I caught some of the match between the Adelaide Crows and uh, the Giants on Sunday. 
Um, the Adelaide Crows made AFLW history winning uh, with 15 goals and seven behinds to one behind as they defeated the GWS Giants. There are three Irish players involved uh, in these teams. So we have Mayo footballer Neve Kelly. We have uh, former Clare footballer uh, Ailish Considine as part of the Crows squad. And then we have Cora Staunton. Uh, she plays for the Giants. Uh, Neve wasn't actually playing because uh, she dislocated her shoulder. So she's just waiting to hear when she'll be back in action. Um, probably a tough watch, really. Um, yeah. It is probably hard coming up against uh, Adelaide Crows because they were the, the winners last year. Um, but it, it wasn't a very competitive match to watch, uh, unfortunately, this time around. In other action, we had Liam McCourt at Bellator 285. The MMA fighter defeated the Brazilian Diana Silva on Friday and she won all three rounds. So McCourt's record is now 7-2. to two. Finally then, uh, in the evoke.ie FAI Women's Cup, um, Athlone Town are set to play Shelburne November 6th in the final after both teams won their fixtures this week. So Athlone Town defeated Wexford Utes 3-0 with Madison Gibson scoring all three of the goals. And Shelburne also defeated Bohemians 1-0 with a penalty by Noel Murray. There's other news in the Women's National League as well. Ella Malloy uh, will be out for a little while. So she's after picking up a, an injury. I believe it's with her ACL. So unfortunate for her. Um, but hopefully we'll, we'll see her back shortly. But for these stories and more, head over to hersport.ie. Now we're going to catch up with Emma Duggan, Meath footballer and All-Ireland champion. Hi Emma, it's great to have you on the show. How are you doing? Not too bad, how are you? Good, thank you. We know that you are an ambassador for the European Week of Sport, so tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, look, it's great to be on board. It was great to be asked and uh, to be part of such an amazing initiative. Um, obviously, it's this year I was, um, I suppose, I've in it, 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 I suppose, involved with it a little bit more, so I got to know a little bit more about it as well. Um, and it's absolutely a brilliant initiative, I think, and I suppose the, the people involved in it as well are top sports um, people as well, so um, it was great to meet them. And for you, sports obviously a, a huge part of your life. Um, for those that don't know, tell us a bit about how you got started. Um, I started playing Gaelic football when I was about, I suppose, six or seven. And then I only started the club team. I started playing with the boys in my local GA club in Dunboyne when I was about, I suppose, eight or nine. Um, and then Gaelic was always, I suppose, a priority. But I did play, you know, a soccer, did a bit of athletics. Um, and I was also an Irish dancer as well. So um, I was involved in a good bit from a young age. Um, but then when I was kind of 12, um, I just made the decision just to prioritise Gaelic football. And mm -hmm. I suppose that's when kind of my inter-county career and everything like that took off. So I suppose from the variety of uh, sports and obviously dancing in there as well, um, a lot of people talk about how important it is to have a variety as a kid. Uh, what would your kind of thoughts be on that? And, and what do you think the variety gave you as you, you know, chose uh, to stick at Gaelic football and um, kind of specify a sport? Yeah, look, I think technically it's it's really good to be in, involved in a lot of sports. I think you can take a lot of skill set. Like I know I take a lot of, you know, skill set that you say learn and, you know, mm -hmm. soccer, whatever it is, or athletics, you kind of take that side of it into Gaelic football now. So I think that part of it is, is really, really good. You can kind of transfer them over very easily. Um, but I think more so, you know, I did enjoy all sports, but it, probably playing different sports, it made me nearly appreciate Gaelic football that little bit more as well. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you suppose you get to enjoy it that little bit more again and you realise what sport makes you the happiest as well. So it kind of makes the decision a little bit easier sometimes as well. Yeah, and obviously for European Week of Sport, like there's a lot of encouragement for people, you know, to get out there to be active and, and find something that they enjoy doing. So does that variety kind of give people the opportunity to test different things out and uh, 
find out what what they love. Yeah, absolutely. I think, like you said, playing a variety of sports, it, it you know, it teaches you nearly what you're good at. It tells yourself what you're good at um, like that. And then it, it does make the decision a little bit easier. Sometimes you try something, you might be absolutely useless at it. You might go one time and say you're never going to go back. So, you know, you can nearly... <laughs> do trial and error sometimes like that as well so um you know it is brilliant I'd always encourage you know young kids to go out and, and do as much as they can at a young age when you when you're able to I suppose absolutely and I suppose with the week that's in it as well it's it's not just the young kids it's everybody so I know on the on the website and um, there's a lot of information for people on how they get, can get involved in the different events that are going on across the country for you obviously you're playing intercounty football with me and it's two back-to-back all-ireland championship wins so how did that feel when you managed to seal the deal for the second win yeah it was absolutely brilliant you know a lot of people have kind of been asking you know what it was like compared to the first time but you know it's two different feelings altogether you know you're never going to win you know your first all-ireland game so that was obviously a special feeling but this year i think it was it was really satisfying knowing you know the challenges and the obstacles that we had to overcome you know we didn't have one easy game this year so to be able to back it up makes it all that much sweeter and to i suppose show people that we weren't just there last year for for one go and then we'd be you know on the downward spiral you know we're here to stay mm-hmm. and i think we proved that this year yeah, because obviously, you know, it's been some journey for the team going from the intermediate championship to the senior championship. And as you said, like you're really solidifying your team and and me, there's a really strong team and uh, somebody to be contesting with every year. Yeah, absolutely. Like, I think that's the kind of point that we want to get across. You know, I know we've lost obviously management this year and a couple of players, but there's still a really, you know, a core group there, really experienced mm-hmm. players sticking around. And then we've obviously young players, minor girls coming up as well. So you know, although we have lost a couple of players, um, I think it's really important that, you know, we, we drive on again next year, no matter who's over us. You know, we still have a really strong team there. So looking forward to it. Absolutely. I suppose you, you, you've you touched on it so we might as well, ask, as well ask the questions now. Obviously, there's a couple of people uh, going across to play um, Aussie Reels in Australia. And um, what's that like? You know, it's a it's it's tough. It's a tough loss when you're, when you're losing people to go and play a different game. But how do you focus and rebuild the team? Yeah, look, it's obviously it was a massive thing for the girls to go over as well. They were taking a massive risk and leaving what we have here um, mm-hmm. to go over and play and learn a new sport as well. And I think, you know, so far the risk seems to be paying off. They're getting on really well over there. But look, all we can do is is play with the girls that we have here. And like I said, there's, you know, a huge amount of really experienced girls there and young girls coming up. So, you know, it's a chance for other girls to step up um, in different positions and stuff like that. Obviously, you're losing you know, top two players in the country in, in Vicky mm-hmm. Wall and Orla Lally, but there are players there that can step in. Um, and that's the thing that, you know, we have depth in our panel. It's something that we've mm-hmm. always had. And, you know, girls are really, really eager to get going now. Yeah, and obviously, like, it's a it's a huge pull from a financial perspective to people to go over to Australia to play professionally in, you know, a sport that they love and, and it's something that they love doing and um, giving them great opportunity. But I suppose the success that you've had for the past few years will really drive and motivate people within the county to play and, and definitely inspire a few more people to to get involved and come on board yeah absolutely that's that's the thing if you know even if we hadn't won any all Irelands and you know we're inspiring the, the generation under us you know that's the most important thing for us and keeping girls playing and I know you know the numbers playing for me now the last few last couple of years anyway has been incredible so mm-hmm. you know there's girls there that want to play for me then and hopefully in the future that's you know only going to benefit us Absolutely. And talk to us about the change in management. So obviously you've had the, the same manager for the past couple of years. You've had two successful uh, journeys with him and there'll be a change this season. So uh, was that a little bit unsettling at the start? And I suppose, how are the team taking it? 
yeah, look, we kind of knew um, that this was probably going to be the lads last year. So um, that was always in the back of our head. And then kind of after in the dressing room after the final, they kind of solidified that. It was, it was fairly emotional mm-hmm. in the dressing room. So we kind of knew that they'd be departing Barton ways there. Um, but look, it's it's a chance for someone else to come in and bring a, a fresh voice, fresh ideas. So, you know, mm-hmm. of course, you know, we only know the lads for the last five or six years. So it's going to be a big change for us as well to... I suppose, you know, get a new voice in there and to try adapt to maybe if they bring in a new style of play or whatever it is. So it is going to be a massive change, but we have to adapt um, because, you know, we're not we're not going to get it easy again this year. So, Yeah, but sure, look, the, the groundwork is certainly done and, and you have well established, I suppose, yourselves as a team. And as you said, there's a core group there and everything as well. So it's just, uh, you know, building building on what you have and, and a, as you said, a new voice, a, a change of direction. Yeah, absolutely. That that's exactly it. You know, I think our team is very player led as well. So, um, you know, management come in, they have their ideas, mm-hmm. they have their whatever. But I think on the pitch, it's it's down to the players. When you step over the white line, it's all about the players. So, I think that's the most important thing is we've built, you know, a really core group there and really experienced players that you know we're we're able to do that. It's not like you know we're a ridiculously young team. We do have a good balance there mm-hmm. between the older players and the younger players as well. So whoever comes in, you know, I think has has a pretty you know easy job in terms of the players that they have. It's just about I suppose building from what we have now. We'll have to catch up with them down the line after they've had you for a couple of months and see see what they think. Yeah, they you might mentioned <laughs> You mentioned there the the team and, and the group that you have. It seems like there's great uh, friendship and camaraderie with the team as well. So tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, absolutely. Like I think when you spend so much time with a group of players, like it's it's only natural that you're you know you know you're gonna grow close to them. Um, and I suppose it's a different relationship compared to what you have, say with your friends from home. You know your your football friends understand mm-hmm. exactly you know what what's going on. You know you, you know you spend probably more time with them than you do with your family. So. You know, we do have a brilliant relationship and I think that's that's important. You know, it's important mm-hmm. to have a relation off, off the pitch and I think that shows on the pitch as well. I think that was the difference between us and maybe other themes this year. Yeah, I know you could definitely see from uh, from all the photographs and the moments captured, like the the joy and the kind of camaraderie within that. Um, in terms of coaching, you know, across a couple of sports and, and within Gaelic football, like you can see that it's still pretty male dominated. Uh, while there are a few people coming up in football and rugby, uh, in soccer, some of the sports that have been, you know, quite male dominated over the past uh, couple of decades. How important do you think it is to see that, um, you know, representation on the sidelines um, for people that, that want to pursue coaching, but also for the players to, you know, to relate to women, to have that kind of support there as well? Yeah, look, I think it is generally male dominated on the sideline, but I think, you know, as the ladies game has grown in the next few years, I think you are going to see more females on the sideline as well. I think the expertise that you get from actually playing football and, you know, the knowledge that you get, you might have a huge bench of coaching experience, but once you have that kind of knowledge of the game, um, you know, it's, it's very easy to make that step to coaching. So it depends if, if you know, if something that players, maybe when players retire and stuff like that, if it's something that, you know, they want to do and have the patience for um, in mm-hmm. terms of coaching. And um, I think you definitely are going to see a lot more females on the side in the next few years. And that would be, you know, really great to see because I know it's something that's kind of cropped up a few times as well, that it's all kind of male dominated on the sidelines. But um, I think that will probably start to change in the next few years, hopefully. Is it anything that would ever interest you? Um, it's actually something that we talk about a lot with the girls um, coaching and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure if I'd actually have the patience for it, um, you know, <laughs> you know, heart attacks and stuff like that inside. I'm not sure if I'd be able for it, but um look, we'll see. Um I think it's it's very 
it's hard to know now maybe when you're a little bit older you have you know a better a better mindset for it but for now I think I'd be I'd be standing on the sideline too eager to probably get on and and, and try to do something on the pitch so um, I'm not too sure yet but. and obviously there's a there's the different levels of coaching you're you're thinking club and inter-county there but there's obviously like underage stuff and do do many of the players get involved with uh, the underage uh, setups in local clubs at the moment yeah, absolutely. Like whatever we can do around our own clubs, and um, we like to do. And I think, especially in me, though, the last you know couple of years or two, anyway, um, you know, clubs are mad to get girls in underage because of the impact that we've had. Mm-hmm. You know, even if they they're seeing you there and you give them a quick chat or whatever it is, like it's it makes a huge impact on them. And to have that influence over over mm-hmm. you know smaller kids like that, um, it's it's brilliant because it can really drive them on. It can really inspire them. So a lot of our girls would be involved in underage teams, which is which is great to see as well. And for any girls that are interested in competitive sport and getting involved, like what would your best advice be for them? Um, I think something that I, I always tell younger kids is, is to try and, and enjoy it first and foremost. And when you're enjoying your sport, you know, you're going to be motivated to, I suppose, work hard at it and to, you know, put in the hours behind behind the scenes. So I'd say enjoy it, play with a smile on your face. And, and that's the most important thing. Everything else will follow after that. And I suppose with the European Week of Sport um, and, and the whole kind of ethos that is around it, um, you know, we are seeing that twice as many girls are dropping out of sport as boys by the age of 14. So how important is it for young girls to get out there, you know, during this week, try new things um, and find the right thing that, that's there for them um, with obviously the idea of, of staying active uh, for the next couple of years in mind? Yeah, look, I think it's really important. And, and like you said, it's about being active this week. But I think what sport gives you and I think, what I've learned over the last few years is what keeps people in sport is nearly the friendships that are made in the teams. So I think try to get out, you know, join a team or whatever it is this week, because, you know, you do make friends for life. And that's one thing that I've learned over the last years as well. And, and that's always going to keep you playing, you know, when you're enjoying it with your friends um, as well. So that'd be one thing I would, I would definitely say to the to young kids that are maybe on, on the fence about trying something new. Mm-hmm. And despite popular opinion, and GA may not be for everybody. So for somebody that's maybe not interested in, in playing Gaelic football or has tried it and, um, you know, wants to try something else, like what would your advice be to go and find the right sport that is for them? Um, I think, like I said earlier, I think it's nearly about trial and error, like to get out mm-hmm. and do, maybe if it's not even, you know, a contact sport, or, you know, it's just maybe, I don't know, any sport, running, athletics, whatever it is, like just get out and, you know, if you're completely uncomfortable with trying something, just get out and do it, get out of your comfort zone because it could completely shock you. You know, you could absolutely love it. So it's it's literally about trying, trying everything. If you have the time, you know, go play every sport if you can um, and, and just find what's best for you because it can honestly change your life. So we have encouraged people to take the week off work to, to go and try all the sports next week by the sounds of things. But no, I think it's there's some really, really good advice in there. And as you said, it really is about the, the friendships and there's so much that you can get from sports. So thanks, Mill, for taking the time to chat to us and for all that good advice. No worries. Thanks, million. The Her Sports Show, live every Wednesday on YouTube and every podcast app.